Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleague, Jim Cockrell, along with our good friend, Paul Brownlow, who is joining us for the second time this season. He's filling in for Nathan Gunderson today. Uh, we're here, of course, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. What else? Uh, for those of you who are new to our program, Kraken Fancast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken. Our focus includes past and future game analysis, team news, sharing our own opinions of all sorts of Kraken-related happenings. Uh, we'll also present uh, some interviews at times with people directly involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community, like Paul here tonight. Uh, plus, uh, when we aim, uh, when we can, we aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. First up, we want to give big thanks to our main sponsor. That's the Angry Beaver, of course, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. All right. So since our previous episode, uh, we've seen six Kraken games. Uh, and once again, for the third time in a row, I'm going to say, you know, they won three and they lost three in a mix of uh, home and road games. Uh, oh man, the ups and downs of following the crack and the wild ride continues. And uh, we'll uh, get talking about that right now. Now, the round of games started on the day we recorded our previous episode. Uh, that was a road game in San Jose. Kraken won in overtime that game. Uh, Vince Dunn scoring the game winner at the 158 mark of the overtime period. Uh, that stopped a three-game skid the Kraken were experiencing. Uh, it was so it was a badly weed, needed win there against a bad San Jose team. Uh, probably should have beaten them a little easier than they did. Uh, it was a game they should win, and they did. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand got the other goal, and Philip Grugbauer had a pretty good game there. He actually uh, stopped 31 shots, so the Sharks were getting a lot of shots on that game. Uh, you know, it was a little close for comfort, guys, but uh, they picked that up, eh, Jim? Yeah, you know, that's uh, San Jose's given us some runs this year, um, and we should be stomping on them, but that was 31, 32 shots, and I, I think you could say Gru stole that. It was a nine uh, sixty nine save percentage, so you know it, that's kind of a stealer right there. Uh, it, but thankfully, we won. Uh, I was a little concerned because they spanked us on that one tear about a month prior that we should have won. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm glad we picked up those points. You need those points, but it was a lot tougher than it should have been. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, look, it, even it, one thing I think it continues to play. That crack a bit is the low faceoff percentage, right? Still don't. I mean, in, in that game, it was down at forty-two percent, right? And that's hard to get possession when you're not not winning on the draws, right? Although the way been so bad, I I sometimes oh wow, it's over forty percent. Yay, you know, I, <laughs> I I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. It should be better than that. But yeah, no, I hear you, Paul, and that's that's been something. Uh, I hope in the off season, uh, you're getting some better uh, face-off uh, uh, practice or we pick up somebody that that wins them all the time. So anyway, they did get that one in uh, a little close, but it was an important game. And, and it's then, a win. You know, every win is good. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, next up, you know, it was another important game. Actually, they had a whole batch. All, all of the games are very important. Uh, these past few and all the ones coming up, a lot of conference games, uh, conference uh, rivalry games. And uh, the next one was uh, an important one against Edmonton, where they've been uh, trailing a bit in the standings. And that one did not go Seattle's way. Edmonton won the game 6-4. to four. You had Schwartz, Eberle, Bjorkstrand, and Tolvanen with the Kraken goals. It was a back-and-forth game. Uh, Kraken actually outshot the Oilers kind of significantly, 37-23 to 23 in that one. But it uh, ultimately didn't help much. Um, every, everyone's not-so-favorite player, Evander Kane, got a hat trick. Boo. And uh, Philip Grubauer left in the middle of the second uh, period with a reported non-COVID illness. So, obviously, when he, he was starting, he was not... Uh, uh, at a hundred percent, and perhaps it showed. Uh, Martin Jones came in and finished that game. That was that was a, that was a disappointing one, guys. It was, and I bought a late ticket for that game. Oh yeah, of course I, I they watched. See... You were there. 
Of course. God, I mean, I was there too. They lose with them. Well, you were okay. So I got to tell you, uh, to be fair, Jim seen them live live wins, but lately you've been on a bad streak. Yeah, I just yeah, it's been stupid. (laughs) So that game was very frustrating because yeah, we had some production, but I, I was sitting up high in the upper bowl and I rarely sit up there, and I was studying the game hard. Uh, and it's a great view for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the coverage was absolutely brutal. Uh, neutral zone, D zone. It was, there was so much unprotected off, you know, weak side stuff that was unprotected. Going back to like last year's style of play. Uh, it was just horrible. Uh, and, you know, and then getting a hat trick on your, your ice. That's never cool um, to watch that happen when, by the way, that I think that was one of the largest visiting crowds other than Detroit that I've seen in that building. That was massive. That was surprising. More than Boston. I didn't know there were that many other fans. No, it was more than Boston too. Yeah, no, it was, it was impressive. Uh, I mean, when, you know, when they start the, here we, let's go crack and they were coming back with theirs and they were as loud, if not louder at times, they were totally canceling us out. Um, yeah. And that whole, I, I didn't even know, you know, I looked down, I something was right. And it wasn't the numbers I was picking up on uh Grubauer. I started noticing the style of play and I go, Hey, wait a minute, Jones is in. And you would have seen that because you're right down there. Yeah. Um, and I thought, what the heck's going on? And then I did hear later about the whole, you know, non-COVID. They get that out of the way first, right? So they're saying, you know, yeah. so then it's some type of illness. And then somebody started some taco time, taco bell chime or something about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was just mysterious because we had no idea. But yeah, that was a horrible game, even though on paper six to four, you know, totally got that late one to make it look respectable. But we got totally outplayed in that one. I agree. I mean, that was my, I, I had exactly, even, I mean, I'm down at ice level. I'm, I had the same, same impression as you in terms of, I felt like the, the defense structure was really lacking and it was really apparent on, you know, that, that first cane goal that came about a minute and a half in right it was wide open on the left side and nobody picking him up. And it was just like, kind of like missed assignments. And we just kind of saw that all through the night. And then totally uh, Connor McDavid had all kinds of space, you know, had a goal assist there and, and, uh, and and uh, you know, I mean, you figure he's going to score, right? But but Evander Kane getting a hat trick was kind of the was the, the big hurt because, you know, I mean, he played well, but he was left left alone. Barking. Yeah, and you know, he got that first goal early, and like Chris said, and he got the second one early and on the second. Those are always killers. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like not not being ready for the game. It yeah, kind of felt a little bit that way, like coming out. Uh, you know, and you got to be ready to go, and the crack and do the best when they are kind of rev up and take the game, you know, try and set their pace early. And, and yeah. you have to expect it with a team like Edmonton that they're going to push the pace, right? yeah, totally. Yep, yeah. And then Edmonton's been playing some really great hockey, they, they're they're a team that's uh, uh, a, little, a little afraid to play these days. Also, another one that's been uh, a little fearful to play, um, although I have some happy news on this one, it was uh, Dallas. Dallas Stars, another conference rival who've been playing really great hockey lately. Uh, they really dominated the Kraken earlier in the month by the score of 5-2. to two. So uh, we were really hoping uh, somehow Seattle could dig down deep and get some revenge. I wasn't having a, a ton of, uh, of uh, confidence in it. But, hey, lo and behold, they did. They did uh, help themselves by winning a really close one in overtime, five to four. Brandon Tanner with two goals in that one. Uh, Sprong, McCann, and Larson with the other goals. And old Joey Decord. We get we get these little Joey Decord uh, uh, sightings uh, once every few months, and yeah, they brought him up uh, from Coachella to uh, fill in and goal for Grubauer, and it was really great to see him get the win. Uh, one that was very important for the team. He stopped uh, 23 shots in that one. Um, that was, you know, after, you know, losing, you know, three out of the last four really needed that game. And, um, you know, it gives me confidence when they beat a team like Dallas. Totally, because as you know, I saw, well, they had those back-to-back at home against Dallas and they were both horrible games. Uh, so going into this, I remember saying this is w- one team I do not want to face in the playoffs in any Western situation. Um, Joey, you know what I've said all year long. I, I kind of look at him as a perennial, you know, AHL or I don't want to say that, but I mean, he kind of is. But he played really well, even though the shots were down. They were There was a lot of high danger stuff going on. Um, 
and people were producing. And of course, Sprong, you know, guy surprises you on that five and five sixty stat. He's just top five in the league in that. You can't get him out of that for a fourth liner, technically, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I always love seeing uh any goal scorer, any D man down low, they always get the green light in Haxtell system. And it's whether it's Alexiak or Larson, and I'm like, wow, God, send him down low. And that's when he got that OT winner. Um, everything that was a total green card game. I loved it. Uh, but I gotta tell you, and I gotta talk to Paul on this one. Paul, what is it with Pavelski and Tippins, there's nobody better. I know, and you know he's 38 years old. And he's still doing it, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. So you, you think his production would be down? He's got 20 goals, and he's 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 always in the right place there, right? I mean, it seems it, like, yeah. I was just gonna say it got kind of dicey too because you remember, you know, Dallas Dallas scored three in the third, right? right? And that one, so it, it looked like things were gonna break down. So it was really good to come out with that. Yep, D had a solid box out game too. They were really good in our zone, keeping people out on the on the quality shots. I've noticed yeah. on on all of our wins, they've actually played like they should. Textbook D zone. So exactly, exactly, and it just had that breakdown in the third period, which almost cost them, but didn't. And, right. And the additional point for Dallas didn't really matter in that case. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of back to backs, uh, there was a huge, huge, and you know, all in capital letters, back to backs next for the Seattle's for their. It was a uh, huge for their quest to make the playoffs. Uh, another conference rival and a rival, literally for a playoff spot. Uh, they had back-to-back games against the Nashville Predators. First one they lost two to one, and that was an overtime shootout. Uh, so at least they did pick up a point. Uh, but you know, Nashville and and Calgary are sort of nipping at their heels a little bit uh, there in the standings, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a bit. But. Uh, Daniel Sprong, he had the lone cracking goal in that one. Joey Decord was back in the net again. Not looking bad for, for a game that you know really turned into a defensive struggle, but uh Yusei Saros, uh Predators goalie, he played a really great game in net for for the Predators. And uh when he's on, we really on he yeah. he did a number of the Bru against the Bruins the other night, too. Uh so that one. Well, before we get to the next one, which was much happier, but uh, that that one was uh, back and forth, and oh god, I, I, them losing that one, I'm like, oh my god, are they going to blow this, you know, playoff spot thing? Yeah, the uh, so that two to one on that shootout that Joey had a nine fifty eight that day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty solid, and, you know, and twenty two shots, and again, we're keeping the shots reasonably low. There was I counted four or five high danger stuff. So even in a loss, he picked up a point. He looks good um, to the point where I'm like, hey, you know what? If this uh, Grubauer Jones thing keeps doing this, why not just just do it, right? Throw him in there. What the hell, right? Keep three, keep three on the roster, whatever. Um, yeah. So, and then I mean, of course, it was a frustrating uh, game because it felt like it could. could have a little bit more fire, but we got that the next the next game, right? Yeah, the next yeah. game. Well, they they held they all that fire. Yeah, exactly. Like, where's the offense? Well, give, give us a, a few hours, right? Yeah, uh, they really came back in a big way, defeating the Preds in a very lopsided game, one of the most lopsided uh, we've seen. Uh, seven to two. Uh, one that was really fun to watch if you're a Kraken fan. Uh, particularly a fun one for Ailey Ailey Tolvanen. It's happy for him. He played his former team, who had put him on waivers earlier in the year, and he scored two goals against his old team. That was beautiful to see. I was happy for him. Uh, he's been great for the Kraken ever since he got on the team. Uh, also, having goals uh, from Sprong, Larson, Beniers, McCann. He's racking up the points. Leader there on the team. Uh, also, Bjorkstrand. He's been he's been you know getting some goals lately, which is nice to see. So, uh, Philip Grubauer was back from his illness. Uh, although I gotta say, not having to stop many shots, he uh, only sixteen on him the whole game. So what the hell was up with the two goals? But uh, anyway, uh, they won. The Predators looked bad all around, and uh, the Kraken took advantage of it. Yeah, remember, uh, Preds only had one shot in the first period. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know the uh, Tolvi. Revenge game, technically, 16 and 17 goals. It was power play. It was nice to get that. We'd been a little dry there, too, again. Yep. Um, and like you said, Gru, only 15 shots faced. Uh, you know the saddest thing about that whole uh, game day or what have you on the pregame buildup? You know, Peke Rene's statue unveiling right. at Bridgestone. 
And, you know, you want something for them. And to just get waxed like that, seven to two, is just kind of sad. Uh, but that was the yeah, most goals. Yeah. Sor- yeah, that's the most goals Soros has ever let in in his career in one game. Um, yeah, that's when they announced that. I thought, well, I mean, it is seven. That's quite a bit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know, I was surprised they didn't pull him. I know. Yeah, but it was a green card game for me. The one thing I was happy to see, and this has happened before, Maddie finally scored. He had a 13 game drought going there. Yeah. And early in, yeah. He's had a couple droughts, you know, but uh, it's nice to get him. And he got that was his 20th and his 50th point overall. So it was kind of a, a milestone thing for a rookie, right? So. Well, I was happy to see six six goal scores for the Kraken because you really need that. I mean, still really hurting with Burkowski out, right? Yeah. Really right. missing that elite, uh, you know, kind of elite score. But it was also nice to see. I, I continue to be impressed with uh, Ron Francis being able to scour the waiver wire that he does because we have you know goals from Tolvin and also Sprong who was another waiver pickup, right? Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, really good to see that. Absolutely. Yep. And Jeremy McCann hitting his thirty fifth goal. Oh God, love how, it! How great is that, right? Yeah, he, he's our. As I always say, he he's our Bill Carlson of uh vegas you know their first year the guy that had no hardly any goals and it gets 40 what 45 was it so so yeah i don't know if you know i mean he was he came in i think it was a 2014 draft he was drafted uh behind yep. uh, uh behind jake for was number six for vancouver and he was like number 23 or 23 exactly or like that. and they traded vancouver traded him away for eric branson i know venning's infinite wisdom so I mean, i'm really happy to to see him have the success that he is and he's just yeah. a, would turn out to be a steal. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, but every every expansion team's gonna have at least that one guy, right? Yeah. And he's our guy. Yeah. So it's really he's bad. we're happy sniper. Yes. Yeah. Total class act too. I just yeah, I'm happy for him. It's he's he's definitely one of my faves. All right. Well, finishing yeah, up with uh, this uh six game stint with another conference rival who have been playing really great hockey all season. That's the Minnesota Wild. And this was lopsided and ugly as the previous national game, but unfortunately, on the uh, other way of the uh, of the, the of the side of the coin here, uh, unfortunately, the Kraken took the brunt of that ugly score, losing five to one. They were never in that game. Uh, they were being shut out five to zip, including a hat trick from Matt Boldy uh, when uh, Jaden Schwartz got a late game goal to make it a tiny bit more respectable. Uh, definitely, this was one of the games to forget about of the season yeah i i basically stopped taking notes on that one and i think it was a bad karmic game from the get-go with espn plus doing the coverage um <laughs> well i think they used minnesota announcer that i was watching uh, like i thought did, was it just the minnesota feed or was that <laughs> no you know somebody else said that i get it but i did feel like a after their second goal too even though we were out shooting them and, and zoning them and and things like that you could just sense that um, that for one thing, Flower was standing on his head. You could just tell right out of the box. And um, really great stuff. Well, Matt Boldy, Matt Boldy had a, good, a fantastic game. Almost. He totally did. He and worked hard and deserved all those three goals. He, he totally hard. did. And when they interviewed him on the bench, I've never heard the kid talk. He's like the mellowest hockey player I've ever seen or heard. Um, yeah, that was tough. It, but. And then, of course, Grew got yarded and, and Jones came in and I think let in one. But eh, it was just tough to watch, even though we outshot him. And by the way, there's a game where we won the draw. 52%. Explain that weird crap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, we never in it. Totally had that feel. Well, That's yeah, are well, nice, well, but what was the score? Or what's this, What's on the scoreboard, right? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, right? I mean, I outshot him 36 to 20, but a lot of those were were – perimeter shots yep. right not really hard danger um you know, and and the power play i mean this is kind of ongoing thing for this month is the power play is, yeah. is, is not been producing and and that's a problem and, and particularly be a bigger problem in the playoffs i think yep if that's Absolutely. not if that's not good yep. so upcoming the team's got nine games in 15 ga- days to finish out the regular season uh, six are at home including one against anaheim on our recording day here uh, also playing Los Angeles, Arizona, a road game against Vancouver, which we'll focus on a bit with Paul. Uh, also, two more games about Arizona. Like all these Arizona games all bunched up, with, uh, <laughs> three. Uh, and then uh, there's a home game against Chicago in the middle of there. So arguably, 
quite a few of those should be winnable for Seattle. I mean, LA's tough and, and Vancouver has been coming on, but those other games, they sh- should be winnable for Seattle. But we shall see. Um, the Kraken, as we recorded, continue to be in the driver's seat for a playoff spot, uh, most likely a wild card spot, uh, although they're not totally out of uh, the realm of uh, getting a higher spot, but uh, it's that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, and they aren't a lock, they aren't a full lock yet on a wildcard spot either. They definitely need some more wins as both Calgary and Nashville continue to hang around in the mix, being anywhere lately from five to eight points behind the crack. And also the Winnipeg Jets, they've got the last playoff spot and they continue to barely hold on to that spot. But uh, their wins and losses certainly matter to the Kraken as well. So we should keep an eye on them, guys. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not, Obviously, I'm not worried about what happens above us. Uh, I've only been paying attention below us. And yeah, Winnipeg's faltering a bit. They could get pushed out here. Um, I'm still concerned about Nashville because they have games in hand. Um, yeah, it's just, it's strange. It's no shoeing, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm concerned. Uh, I, I'm concerned just even with the schedule. The, the nine and 15 games is pretty tough. And there's a couple yeah. weeks in a row where you've got um, three games and four nights and travel right in between there so i mean if you look there's a monday you know you've got saturday games against la and chicago and you've got monday tuesday games here against arizona and then up to vancouver and then and then the following week it's chicago at home then you go down to arizona the next night in in vegas and and uh, you know their uh legs get tired right and yeah and it's still Kind of still feel we need to get every point because the you know the average threshold is uh, about ninety five points for a playoff spot. So yeah. to get eighty eight uh, as of this recording, and so that that still means you need four wins to get above that, right? So which is great because that's half the games, win half the games. Um, but but the schedule maker is not doing them any favor either with the travel. Yep, and. There's that home record of ours that just is kind of backwards. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't bank on that even if you're playing Chicago. <laughs> Unfortunately, you think, right? But And there's, well, Chicago went up and doubled up Boston in the last week or so. So I know. And Arizona is not, it's not yesterday's, I mean, they're not, they're, you know, a playoff team, but Arizona, I, I kind of look a little like auto. They're, they're not a pushover necessarily. No. This, this, this playing month, spoiler. This month they've been the third best team in the central. Yeah. Arizona has been in, in March. Yeah. Some I've actually these, watched some of these some of these teams that have been struggling for, for so much of the year now all of a sudden are playing their best hockey. Vancouver, another one, right, Paul? I mean, uh talk it comes in. I yeah. wasn't having fun at first, but holy moly, they've been on a roll. They're, they're totally on a roll right now, and it's you know kind of un, unexpected. And they're still they're very much a work in progress. I mean, I really think and just want to you know looking forward to that game. If you kind of reset, there's a lot you know been a lot. Of, well, look back at the season series this this this, uh, this season, and we don't even talk about last year, right? Because that was a sweep. But but uh, you know there are a couple of close games earlier in the year, right? Um, uh, Vancouver came and won one in uh, October here in Seattle, right? Five four, but it felt really felt like Seattle carried the play on that, uh, and that was I think that was Vancouver's first win actually uh, of the season after starting 0-5-2. Uh, then then there was the uh, the shootout game in in uh, December where uh, Seattle had a good I think it was a three goal lead and Vancouver came back or two goal lead late and Vancouver came back and tied it and won in a shootout. Um, that was kind of pretty much single handedly carried by Elias Pettersson. And so then, and then, so then, when we had that last game in in January, uh, the Kraken uh, won six to one, and we've got another one of those tweets from uh, Softy that I think won't age well. You know, as much as you're getting on with Jeff Baker there, uh, Jim. Oh yeah, we have we'll, to talk uh, about the yeah. Jeff Baker thing. Got to get in with Softy because Softy is But but when I look, so that was two months ago. If we look at what happened in that time, that week, that week, and and there were a lot of there was uh, it was a dumpster fire in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. They had just fired. Bruce Boudreaux, right, who was only there for 13 months, uh, and he was publicly flogged by the ownership and 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 the, the uh, senior management in and just kind of left out to dry for about two months. He was a dead man walking for two months with that team. Um, 
you know, so they had coaching change three days earlier. So a lot of emotion. Bo Horvat, if you remember, Bo Horvat was on the training block. And so there was a lot of, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, all this talk about like, oh, well, and Brock Besser is not playing well. And JT Miller is, you know, is, is causing havoc in the locker room. And, you know, and that was also kind of the road end of a back-to-back because Vancouver played the night before against, against Chicago, which is kind of the reverse with what's happening here. Uh, Vancouver gone through this uh, string of, of setting an NHL record for the uh, most multi-goal blown leads in, in the season. They had five, they'd given up five or more goals in 21 of 47 games. So, you know, Thatcher Demko was injured. They brought in some HL goalies. Their goals against average for the first until that point of the season is, was an even four zero zero. So, you know, that's, 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 uh, they should have been in the hunt for Bedard, but they weren't playing quite bad enough. Uh, you know, so, so the things that a lot of things that have changed in is they, you know, they did, but they, they stated they needed to make major surgery and they made it started, started making a bunch of trades, got a lot younger, still more work to do, started getting some cap space carved out They rebuilt the player development this year over at Abbotsford. So the Abbotsford Canucks are right behind the Coachella Valley Firebirds in terms of in the standings. So, and, and and so they're really focusing, looking at this now in the last 30 games as an extended training camp, right? Players, people applying for jobs. And, and you know, they've been, but the big thing was adding defensive structure. So now, that, and now if you look since, you know, if you kind of account for a two-week transition, uh, since since mid-February, uh, Vancouver is, is averaging about 2.3 goals against per game. Right, rather than down from four goals a game, that's pretty significant. Their power play went from league worst sixty six percent. They're kind of running right now at at eighty five percent since then. Right, uh, so you know, think a bunch of things have changed. And if you look at even just this month or since since um, since the the fourth of this month when they had a big game again and beat convincingly beat uh, Toronto, um, Vancouver has has the. Uh, high, the best record in the NHL in the last three and a half weeks, right? So they've gotten their 10-2-1 for 21 points, 1.62 game points per game. The teams right behind them are Colorado, Edmonton, Minnesota, Kings, and and uh, Golden Knights. Even even they played even better than than Boston in the last in the last three and a half weeks, which is pretty remarkable, and that includes. Three three straight wins against Dallas, um, including two in Dallas, um, a five game win streak, and then another five of six. So so they have a bunch of um, guys who've been um, uh, you know scoring up a storm. Elias Pettersson is ninety five points, so he's going to break hundred points. Quinn Hughes is point per game. J T Miller is scoring a point per game. Uh, in fact, in, in just this month, uh, he's scoring a point and a half a game. Twenty. 21 points in 13 games. Um, their penalty killing, like I said, has improved. They've got, um, they've given up five goals and scored seven shorthanded. So this is a, we're seeing a very different, uh, different team. They picked up a, a legit third, um, uh, right-handed defenseman from Detroit and, and Philip Kronick. So they're really kind of positioning for next year, I think, you know, but I think that this is not the same thing. This is nowhere close to the same Vancouver team that we saw in January. Okay, Paul, I got a couple of questions for you on, yeah. on all that. Um, so, Boudreau left after a 50, 40, and 13 record. Yeah. Correct? Uh, 549 winning percentage. He was well-loved. It, it wasn't that bad, technically. Uh, but the whole management thing and the way it went down was the ugly part of all of that. Um, and then Rick comes in. Now, tell me. If, were you on the same page with Tockett that I was uh, when when the rumor was that maybe he was going to be a Seattle, Seattle coach back you know early on? Like, did we did we want him? Did we not? I I wasn't too hip on him. Uh, and then when when uh, you know when Vancouver took him from the Fox panel, I thought, hmm, okay, here we go. Are, are you a bit surprised at what he's been able to do so far? I, I am surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I didn't know. I mean, we all seen what his record was before, especially, you know, he's been in places where, like, you know, Arizona and, and, uh, uh, you know, Philadelphia and, 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 and hasn't had, I, you know, so I was really skeptical. I haven't had winning records. We had, we saw the same thing. Remember with, with Haxtell coming in, right. coming in here. Right. Um, the things were, you know, the, 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 
the uh, Jim Rutherford and Jim, uh, I mean, and uh, Alvin, Alvin, um, uh, uh, Patrick Alvin, um, have been really clear that, that they, they, so Boudreaux was hired before the, the management team was brought in. Okay. The, the management team had a, a different style of hockey in, in mind, and one one not one with that was less fire wagon and more had more defensive structure. Right. And they mentioned that in the summer, and they were almost didn't rehire, uh, or they almost didn't exercise the option for Boudreaux at the time in the summer. And the reason it the reason why uh, they didn't make a coaching change in the summer is probably because Francesco Acolini, the owner didn't want to be paying three coaches at once, right? Because he still was paying Travis Green, right? Yep. Had two years left on his contract or, or three. I don't remember. I mean, they yeah. signed him right away. Okay, so, um, you know, then you're paying, paying Boudreaux and then to bring in, a, you know, talk it and, or, you know, or, or another coach at the beginning of the season, then they're paying, paying for three coaches and so they're i think they burned through enough of those contracts where they yeah. decided to make the change um the the yeah i was you know pretty skeptical they did you know it was kind of interesting i was actually in new york in early february right when everything you know kind of starting to turn around the the kraken and the canucks were in new york the same week and the kraken didn't get a single point uh and vancouver got half the points and, and things were it could start to see uh a better defensive structure, yeah. uh, but the but what's really changed, I think, is the culture. I think part of this is is not just talk it, talk it is you know strip them down. He even he even ran a practice where he blew the whistle after you know we had this when we were kids growing up where he blew the whistle after every pass and and stopped and broke it down. Right, right? <laughs> he just he was so you know upset. But what we, well, we've um, you know, I think but I think the culture has also changed. I think there was a lot of friction with. Bo Horvat, and he was the captain, and the team wasn't performing. And going back to Boudreaux, the team started out 05 and two. They were they were seven games under 500 when when he was, you know, when he was let go. They were giving up, like I said, four goals a game, and half the games they gave up five or more. Mm-hmm. So I think the change needed to be made, and and uh, and part of it again was the culture because you look right. at they, they've they've made. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, the leaders of that team, supported by JT Miller. And, you know, then they've got Andre Kuzmenko, who's got a point a game. You know, if, if he weren't yep. 20, he'd be getting the Calder. Right. Uh, which, right. Um, which brings me to the whole JT Miller thing. Like, I'm a, I've been a fan of his game for a long time. And he was just getting, you know, getting balled up there big time. Everybody wanted him out. Here comes Rick. And there's your culture side of that. Something happened there. Something did. It is. Something totally happened. And his production numbers are great. And all of a sudden, he must be the most loved guy after being the most hated guy in like 30 days. It's it's getting close. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be up there this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I'm just, I'm like, what the heck happened? It's like everybody forgot. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, I got my notes on the players that you've all brought up. And it's funny that you mentioned Kuzmenko at the 27-year-old. I call him like the modern-day um Remember Sergey Makarov? Yeah, when he won the Rookie of the Year. Wasn't he part of the reason they changed that rule? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then of course, it's good to see Demko get back slowly yes. from the injury. Technically, I I was looking at his last ten, ten game stats, and he had uh, of the nine wins, he had four games, or I think it was even five that were well over like a nine forty save percentage, and then the rest were just kind of like whatever. Uh, but man, I mean, he's such a huge part of that team. Well, I, and, I think he was hurt earlier, right? When he totally. out in early December. And the other is the defensive structure is better. And it's got a little bit of addition by subtraction. I mean, yes, brought in Ronick, also brought in, they've promoted a bunch of AHL guys for the bottom end. Yeah. And they're performing. Um, and what's not to be missed is actually OEL is, you know, Oliver uh, ekman Larson yeah. has been out, you know, the, 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 uh, the gift from Jim Benning with this, you know, the seven and a half million dollar a year long contract. Yeah, he's uh, he's been on on injured reserve uh, with an ankle injury, and uh, the team yeah. play is faster and has better structure. Yeah, I also got to correct myself. I said talk. It came from Fox. He came from TNT, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know it's <laughs> TV guy. <laughs> also, also one one last... so obviously that's yeah. a big long long uh, explanation of this is going to be uh, probably a tough game for the Kraken coming up. 
Uh, I think I think others. it is you know third and four nights you know so but the others are tough too I mean I think Vegas yeah. is always hard right? time out who goes after Myers uh, you know what it's it, it, that it's it probably needs to be Alexia right okay I mean I was thinking the same thing I mean Alexia you know the irony was in that game he went after the wrong person you know it was Luke Shen who did it yeah so it did a number on Alexia now Luke Shen's over in Toronto so yeah and that's some. <laughs> And and yeah, so it's going to be your last chance to get Myers there anyway because he'll be gone at, in the summer. He's got one well, yeah. left at six million dollars, but yeah. only a million dollars in real money, so he's gone. Yeah, some that's one thing I've had a beef about our own club is nobody really steps up, and there's guys that can Borgen, all you know, but they just don't at the right time. It seems like you know you mentioned you mentioned that is kind of interesting because with Talkit the the team has gotten uh, a lot more physical and a lot good. less around you you know um uh jt miller's been a bunch of scraps even alex Peterson and and uh, oh, that seems weird <laughs> yes yeah, well right. actually yeah kraken uh, our, our guy is like the, one of the smallest players gourd uh, yeah he's, he's yeah he's uh, right well he's a good best i mean hey look marshawn is you know got yeah. that stature right and he's bigger than lunch i know yeah. so here there's a but, lot of games uh, going on there's a lot of games left and i do feel we were sort of indirectly touching on this, and this is one of a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, you know, we got, you know, we're going to be in the playoffs, and you know, ain't done yet, folks." I I feel like they've got to at least go five hundred here, and maybe a little better, really, just at least to feel well, that it's not at the wire. You can go back to our last podcast. Uh, I had mentioned that you started seeing on Root TV ads new beefed up playoff ads and i and i even kind of walked by the tv and thought oh watch out <laughs> and that was back yeah. then when we were actually playing a little better hockey than we are right now and then so i, I was on twitter one night and jeff baker the seattle times uh beat reporter for the crack and uh tweeted out something about you know just super he just super positive that we're in the playoffs no matter what it, it with you know uh, 13 games left or whatever it was 12 and i you know i was paying attention all along i decided to pick up the standings and look and i go what's he talking about you know i i'm well aware of who's behind us at this point and where we are are you saying we're going to win so many games or what happens if we just shit the bed and don't do anything and then teams like nashville get hop with games in hand and uh so i came back to him i said what what kind of voodoo math are you using and he said you know, he come back with something like, oh, yeah, I'm not worried about it. And I said, okay, well, I took a screenshot just in case. And, uh, you know, I just, he was pretty cocky about it. <laughs> but he's not the in, only in one. The last, yeah. in, in the last month, there are only three teams that have have earned fewer points than the Kraken in the West. And, right. and that's, that's San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim. Right? Yeah. So um, now, thankfully, you know, if the Kraken spread, I mean, so Nashville's gained four points on them. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Calgary has gained four points. I mean, uh, there was, yeah. It, it, you know, the, so the, the clock's running out on those because that's, you know, a point a week is good to gain yeah. a point a week. Um, so the the odds are in the Kraken's favor because of that. And if you look at, you know, look at the, the Pred schedule where they've got, uh, it, it, they've got, uh, aren't at home, but they've got games against Vegas and Carolina and Minnesota and Colorado, and those are going to yeah. be those are going to be you know th those going to be tough games for them to go and sweep that because and they're going to need if the Kraken win half their games, the the Preds are going to still have to pick up those other three points, right? Yeah. So and then look how points. look how hot Edmonton and LA have been, you know, in the last two weeks. They've just separated that gap. There was a gap there, four points between six teams at one point. And yeah. now you got the gap, you know, uh, and absolutely it's, and, and, and that's what I think that, I mean, Seattle's only position is, is a wild card. I mean, when you think yeah. them, they're seven points behind as we do it, as we, you know, are talking today, they're seven points behind Edmonton and they're only uh, five points ahead of, uh, ahead of Calgary. In the, in the, right. And I've, I've also discovered in the last 10 games, which teams I don't want to play in the playoffs. <laughs> so, you know, and then <laughs> well, and, well, everyone above Seattle is no, I know, and we'll see what happens. And we'll yeah, see like what all of them Saturday night. Yeah, well, no, I mean, but I mean, really, okay. I, 
when I walked away from that Dallas crap, I was like, okay, I don't want to touch these guys. And then when, you know, the way El, uh, Edmonton's been playing, I thought the same thing. And then the Minnesota debacle, and I got here we got L.A. coming to town. We got to see what this is like on Saturday night. So, I know and L.A.'s been playing well. Oh my I, God, they have. In fact, know, most, of, yeah. I, the, 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 yeah, and then I, I actually think Dallas of all the teams that over the last month have been, you know, playing the above, above the crack and they've been playing the worst. It is it is Dallas. And I, I, I joked with a friend the other day, she should just go watch that Vancouver tape because because Vancouver's beat them six straight games, right? <laughs> and uh, you know they they got to be doing doing something. So watch that and watch that film, right? And go in and yep and copy yep. what they're doing. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, we're talking about teams getting hot, and I wouldn't say they're like hot, but it seemed weeks ago, Nashville, I think I was one that said it. I was like, well, they seem kind of dead in the water. So we're really just worried about the Flames. And all of a sudden, here they clawed their way back. Flames have After been the really... deadline. Yes, right. When they were sellers, they were sellers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, never mind. We're good now. Uh, and, yeah, here take our flames. first five picks. The flames have guy. been really they've been God. I glad I'm not a flames fan this year. My God, they've been up and down more than the way more than the Kraken have been. But you know, they they get they've been a real streaky team. But the Kraken just it's been this 500 hockey club, and um maybe they'll limp in a little bit, but uh, they're gonna have to pick it. Some of these good teams, like a Vancouver LA game, they, they gotta they gotta win one of those at least, and they gotta win they do. Arizona. They, and the ones that are supposed to win Chicago and Anaheim, they better win those. They need, right. they need to beat Vegas. I mean, and it's one it's that well, and the one good thing is this is the last time we played them was the first time we beat them. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, Vegas has been on a heater too, but yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, they built I mean, up confidence over the season. I mean, built up confidence against Vancouver too. So it's just which Kraken team is going to show up from night to night, and are they going to do what they do on the road? Can they can they do that a little more at home? And that's well, and that's and that road is kind of leveled off a little bit. So yeah, I I I I think that if you look, I mean, so when I look at so looking here now at the schedule, and because. You know, my hand, handicapping for whatever it is. Although, you know, uh, I do have to put a little plug in. Um, been uh, got a a um, uh, sports analytics and fan engagement platform that we're going to be launching later in the year called Sportal that that helps uh, casual fans be able to engage better, not not have to be super geeky and all the numbers like us, but be able to present things. Uh, so we we built a lot of mo uh, models on kind of. Uh, to to predict certain game behavior it's pretty pretty interesting and we look at things like you know being able to look at lead changes and 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 high danger chances and things like this that's interesting paul is that ready exciting. or you're working on that like when can we see we're it? working on we uh we've been testing a bunch of that and we'll, we plan to launch um around the time the season starts in, in the fall sportal so, s-p-o-r-t-a-l uh s-p-o-r-t-l t-l okay paul tell me you have Tell me you have two stats, one scoring in the first five minutes of a game and answer back goals. Well, the answer back goals are definitely in, in there. Good. Uh, you know, as part as part of what we look at uh, in, in the answer, in, in huge in turn, because what we're trying to we want to be able to make it. So, you know, what to ex expect from a game and watch a game, even if it's Arizona against Chicago, because those are sometimes pretty darn good games to watch. No, you're right. Or, or, to, or to bet on. You're uh, right. All right. Uh, so and we'll talk more about that as, okay. as we're further on, but we're making good progress there. But but the cool. point here is that when I look at, you know, can look at these games, you know, so if I look at this, I go, okay, Anaheim should be able to beat that, even with Trevor Zegras doing another between the legs goal, which was whatever. Watch. It was, I, I, I could see that one coming when I was, you know, there was. Oh, that's was, right. It was in front of you. Yeah. Right in front of me. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, the Kings, I think, um, you know, have played well. Remember that we had the nine to eight game. Oh um, yeah, crazy. The King, and and there was another win in November. I so I yes. think it's one of those games where, um, yes, the Kings have been playing well, but I think it's a winnable game. I just think even you know, I think if Kraken buckle down and and come out fast, I think that that's a game that's winnable. I think yeah. that the um. I don't think you win three games against Arizona. It's hard to win three games against any team. Although I right. just said that we did that against Dallas in, in the space of 
you know, three weeks. So uh, let's hope that happens. But I think that you can pick up that Monday game. Um, Arizona doesn't play in between. Um, I think I think you could, I, you know, I mean, the, you could arguably pick up those two games. I don't think you I don't think you win the Vancouver game because I think it's a schedule loss and also the way the Vancouver's playing. Um, I think you can win beat Chicago. Um, I think it gets the road trip gets tougher in the in the desert. You gotta win one of the so you win, you know, maybe drop an Arizona game or win a win a Vegas game. I don't know. Yep. Where, where does that they lead? Finish you? up with Vegas, Vegas at home. Four wins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I just don't like those back to backs regardless that late in the year. Yeah. yeah, I don't either. A lot of them lately. It's it's yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Um obviously I mean, where, where, really do you, where do you sit? What's that? Where do you where do you guys sit on in terms of how many you know looking at that last the last nine games here? Oh god. Last I nine I, I'm, I'm I'm feeling five I'm hoping four. for five hundred <laughs> yeah, I mean you know? I you know five hundred a little over. I I I I hope I'm surprised and they, they win more than that. I think they're technically capable, but uh, yeah, I think it's, they're going to keep up with this 500, 550 kind of hockey. And then that's uh, in. Yeah. And that could get them in. That's all right. You know, like I said, I, yeah. who knows, you know, they, they they've also been a 3D team. They've had some, they've, they've had, they've had some good streaks during the year. Boy, it would be a nice time to restart that. They haven't had one of those in a while. And uh, even if it's just four games or five games, just something to give us some confidence and just, that they make the playoffs and maybe even going into it. Tell you but what, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll sell my remaining home tickets and they'll get all the wins. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not allowed to show up to any more gyms. Actually, you and I are going to one of the Arizona games. The I have to. Uh, they, they, um, uh, yeah, so there's you know, n- nine points would be from 88 put up to 97, and that's pretty good, but yeah. I think that's the minimum, right? Yeah, I mean, so I think it's still really good. I think that there's risk, but I think the risk is low looking at you know what. what um, Do you think they drop to the second bubble or they hang it there? Uh, I think, I think, I think I'd have to look really close to that second bubble, and schedule, but I, the Jets don't give me any there. confidence either. In fact, the J- it would, you know, actually, I, I, what I, I kind of feel actually is like I could see. I mean, I my gut feeling is it's going to remain it is as it is. But if one of those teams gets hot, Flames or 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 the Preds, probably maybe more the Flames. I so, could see them catching the Jets before the Kraken. I agree. I agree. I, I think. I think so. The Flames. Excuse me. <clears throat> I the, the flames. I don't know if you've been reading, but uh, but see you guys. Uh, but you know, maybe particularly Jim. But they're they're a bit of top, a bit of a tire fire there right now. They're oh, having I know. a bunch of oh, those similar issues with you know everybody's sick of of. Um, no, I know. Oh, my favorite, my favorite Calgary writer tells me all about it. Yeah, right. So you're you're pretty clear on that, right? So Markstrom's they, been having they, kind of a meh year after being so totally great the last two years. God, yeah. he got really totally. lit up. I thought it was a six to two game or something. I I was like, yeah, he's yeah, he's not dominant. Oh, he's been lit up a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I know. He's one of my goalies on fantasy hockey, and I'm like, luckily I got all Mark to to make up for. And then Vladar cooled off, cooled off finally, but. And Huberto hasn't really gotten on track this year. Not at right? all. Was, nope. And, and, and Uyghurs kind of is kind of, you know, they extended him and he's uh, they've tailed off a bit. And I yep. think there's cultural things going on in there. Like I said, Markstrom, you don't have the goaltending. So I think that they're, uh, I guess, to pardon the pun, they're going to flame out. But uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. No, we can use the but, puns. Uh, and this is, you know, guys, we gotta we gotta count our blessings here, though. Isn't it so great to be talking about the Kraken already, just in this second year, and we're already talking about, you know, yeah, yeah. like all these games are important. We were like, oh Jesus, you know, this is just fun to watch a game. Oh well, and how about the it future? is, and so we haven't really been thinking too much about the future because the future is now, and this is a really important time. But we should think about the future. Because some of our prospects, two or three in particular, have been really kicking butt lately. So, yeah, Jim, you you got some yeah. stats on that. Why don't you jump in on that? I do, um, because one of my favorite prospects is involved. Who doesn't get too much talking to because he he was our, in our first draft year. Um, Jacob Melanson, six one, two hundred five. He's got power forward characteristics. 
right wing. So he's 19 right now. Uh, Chris, you and me saw him in camp. I was doing a lot of ISO henna on the first camp. I thought his first camp was better than his second camp, actually. I thought he was a real smart player out there. Anyway, he was a late rounder kind of, you know, in 21. He was a fifth rounder. Uh, this la- Early on last year, at the start of the year, he signed an ELC uh, with the Kraken, an entry level. He was with Arcadia Bathurst in the QMJ, and then he got traded halfway point of the season, roughly, um, to Sherbrooke, Phoenix. And he's playing at a point a game. Uh, he's He's gone through three different teams in the QMJ. But in his last 59 games combined with two teams, he has 50 goals, 49 assists for 99 points. And he's a standout. He's getting a lot of write-up and articles in the QMJ. Um, he's kind of, when you look at those uh, prospects in order, he's he's climbing the charts pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping the guys like Shane Wright and everything at the top, you know, those right. kind of guys. But for guys that have just been surprising and coming up and remember he played in some, he played against Calgary in the exhibition game and he ended, he actually got suspended in that game for that one hit. I don't even remember if you oh, call that. Yeah, yeah. Remember that he got yeah. that it was a high elbow. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, uh, I'm impressed with that kid. I, I don't even see him, you know, he's obviously not going back to the Q next year. He'll go to Coachella. I, I can see him as a call-up guy on injury or just up in the press box when they need to shake it up a little bit like Frodeen right now type of deal. Yeah. Um, and my next player is the guy that Chris is no surprise to what we saw in camp. You and me were totally impressed with him. Top four player in camp. And that was Ty Nelson. Mm. You know, he's 18 year old. He has a birthday tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Is it the 30th? Tomorrow, yeah, March 30th, March 30th. Yeah, so yeah. he'll be, yeah, he'll be 19 uh, tomorrow. He's a Toronto born kid. He's 5'10, he's 198. He's a pepper, he's a thick, he's solid on his. And that's one thing I noticed in camp. He's really good center, low center of gravity. He's solid on that blue line. Um, he walks the line well. You know, who he reminds me of when he plays his now. I, I know this is a big name, but I'm talking about his style is a Ray Bork type of skating style, uh, and mix that with like a Tory Krug body frame type kind of that whole look uh yeah. just a solid player anyway um he's had it he had a good year last year you know he was taken in the 22 draft third round 68 they they already figured that was a good he, we got him at a bargain there um mm-hmm. second year with north bay battalion in the ohl his first year 66 games nine goals 42 51 points on a point of game average roughly uh well not quite but this year, 67 games, 24 goals, 52 assists, 76 points, set a North Bay defensive all-time record, and North Bay's been around a while. Um, this guy, you know, he could he could jump up, jump up the ranks pretty well. Uh, let's just say he goes to Coachella next year and really looks good. Uh, we know what the decor is there, you know, Riker Evans. I could see this guy actually bumping up. Uh, with his, the way he is, his production and his game, he's got a hell of a shot from the point. It's heavy, heavy. Um, he, you know, he could be a seventh D next year. You, you never know. He could slot in if he has a good enough year. Definitely the second year in Coachella type of deal. Yeah, yeah. Or you, or you bring him up for a few games so he knows what to work on. I mean, the, the, the yeah, I'm impressed with, and especially like this year with uh, Coachella. I mean, you've got Dan Bleisman, his coach, right? Who's who's coached well at, at all levels and has Stanley Cup ring, yeah, right. Uh, and and uh, and and you know, this the team seems to be patient with with prospects. Yeah. You go look at what you know. There was all this angst earlier with Shane Wright, right? Is Shane Wright going to stay or not? And you can go back and look at Matty Veneers. I mean, he spent another year in Michigan, which is exactly the right thing to do. Right. So being able to realize, you know, teach these guys this, the systems so that they, when they come up, it's not, they're not learning something new, they're extending. And so by being, right. being by using that as a de- development path. So he's in Coachella for, you know, a couple of years, but also getting some call-ups. Yep. So it's like, because it, it's a good way for the player to also be able to measure himself against that con- competition, know where to work. Sure. Right? Yeah, well, I really just, bodes. This all bodes really well for in future. I mean, we've got some great players, obviously in Coachella right now. They've got, I mean, Coachella. I do a little report. I'll jump into that uh, now. Uh, you know, they clinched a spot in the AHL playoffs a while ago, but they're they're gonna they're going even for more dominance. They've got this. They have the second place in the Pacific Division sewn up. 
currently they've got, as we record, they've got the third best record in all the AHL. And with nine games left in the season, uh, at this, as we talk here, uh, they could they could potentially, I don't know if they will, but they could potentially catch the Calgary Wranglers for the number one seed. So it's interesting to see the two newest teams in the AHL doing so well. But that that excites me. You know, I, I, you know, I love a lot of the Kraken team currently, but there's some holes. Obviously, I mean, okay, they're a playoff-worthy team, but we want more than that, and we want them to do even better. And, gee, some of these guys, particularly the two guys you just talked about, Jim, and, you know, we could look at some other guys that are in there. You mentioned Riker Evans and some some other guys. You know, they're just going to get better and better the more they play. And 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 obviously Shane coming back, gee, in another year or two, we're going to be uh, having a few, uh, potentially a few Matty Beneers on the team. Yeah, totally. You know, I feel like that draft was so good for Ronnie. Uh, I think they got it. They got an A. I know that it could have been more. They were one of the highest scoring draftees on the whole 32 teams. Um, but I feel like they did so well in depth and trades and all and, and capital and everything else that it almost bumped them up to a, almost like a third, fourth year level of, uh, of team in the league with, with stock in a way. Not in depth, but it, I mean, not in quantity, but in quality. So that you're right. It'll be interesting to see. And then we're going to do it again here in July, and we'll we'll see how well we draft. And before you know it, we'll be a total normalized farm system like everybody else. Uh, the ECHL will feed off that, and uh, things will be pretty damn good. And they're really good right now, so it can only get better. And we've got hoping we get some goal- need some goalie prospects. Well, we well, did. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. the. You know, goalies are so weird when it comes to the draft, though. Paul, you know that it's such a risk. Um, but I mean, they do have the Coco, and they have the the Russian kid. Um, but that that's a real mystery too. Nobody, there's you can hardly get any data on that. You know, you know I it, it is there is a little bit of a challenge. There's two things. I mean, I a lot of a lot of really good points there, Jim, and 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 uh, just a kind of few add-on points in terms of goaltending. I mean, the challenge is, is, is the contracts they have in, 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 in uh, particularly Grubauer's contract is not really movable, right? And, and I think that there's been improvement with goal, you know, we've talked about this before. Like I, I said last year, the first thing they need to do is get a new goalie coach. They've done that and have had some success with that. The defensive structure is improving. So that, that can mitigate some of that where um, the, the, the broadness of the depth is really, really good, um, and you know should rank pretty high. Still missing the elite point of game players, a couple of those. Um, and there was an interesting article in the Athletic this week that that did a bunch of metrics on against teams that you know teams that were really thick in depth, like like Seattle versus the ones that are you know Boston being another you know the other extreme being you know we're having a lot of high end. Talent, so there's a balance there, which may, helps teams be successful. And Seattle's not quite there yet, but being where the team is right now and, and coming here at the end of the second year is nothing short of amazing, really. I, I, in a biggest uh, year one to year two improvement of any team in the NHL history, and and if we get up to that 97 point uh, threshold, that will tie the uh, that will tie the biggest year over year point improvement of any team in the league ever. So right. I mean that's that's rarefied here. So that's really a fantastic job that that the team has done. Um gonna get a good measure on you know how how prepared, how well prepared the team is for the playoffs. I mean I I when we talked um you know early in the season uh, I I had pegged Seattle as a you know at best a bubble team, but probably somewhere in yep. eighty points. And I was going to be very happy yep. with that. And we've already blasted through eighty points. We were on the verge of a of a playoff you know position that we should get. We all wanted to be up there in the top three, but it looks like a wild card. But that's still phenomenal, right? And yeah. what, what the team will learn through this, and 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 what it added, and how it will energize the fan base further. Too. It's right. that expectation's higher, but but it it says the plan's working. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you said it exactly. We're almost we exceeded our expectations, so now we're kind of a little bit greedy. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you listen to us talk, and we're just like, well, we're really nitpicking our team when they're playing five hundred right now. But yeah, I mean, we're here, and it, it's a big deal. 
because we care about them, though. I mean, we're, well, we want them to do, we we want totally them to do well. Do. Yes. We were on the ground floor of all of this, you know, and we've yeah, watched yeah. it so much. I mean, going to the training camps and seeing these young guys to watching all the drafts and the expansion drafts and everything. And wow, here we are. Roster you know, not even two years, me. you know. I mean, we were all we were all hanging together when we announced we're getting a team, right? I mean, you yeah, right. of us have been at some monumental points in Seattle hockey history, and uh, we're still about about it all, you know, in, in the middle of it all, and uh, it's super exciting. And uh, yeah, they better just win some games, <laughs> get get your dang ass right. in the playoffs. And I know we're probably to some degree. I'm going to admit this. I mean, yeah, I want them to keep winning, but. Part of me is just like it'll be such a relief. Just get in the playoffs, guys. Just get in the playoffs. Maybe you'll maybe you'll win the first round. Maybe you get you know maybe the good Kraken will show up and they'll get on a roll. We've seen that happen plenty of times. But uh, just get in the playoffs, guys. Just just do it, <laughs> and then yep. and yeah, then all this other stuff. Because then and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Paul. I mean, get in the playoffs. They're going to learn. It's it's going to take them to another level mentally, and preparation yep. for next season, year three. And then all these young guys and maybe some other moves that uh, Ronnie will make, Burkowski coming back, et cetera, et cetera. It bodes well. But anyway, yeah, got to worry about these, really these moves, right? Getting getting guys, you know, getting scouting the waiver wiring, getting guys like Sprong and Tolvin and being able yep. to get, get Bjorkstrand, right? I mean, on a cap casualty, right? These are yeah. good moves. Yeah. Absolutely right. Vince Dunn. I mean, I mean, Vince Dunn was like his, yeah. his cap was going to be a th- you know a th- third pairing, right? I feel like he's done so good we don't have to talk about him, yeah, right? <laughs> he's been Seriously. nice to watch this year. I mean, the guys we expect good things from McCann and Larson, but a lot of guys have been scoring, and uh, I mean, it was okay last year. Didn't didn't really think a whole lot of them. Uh, I wouldn't have cared if that he was because he was learning the system. Trust he was me, learning on the one. system. Yeah. yeah, and he's yeah. he's been uh, quite a jewel this year. Yeah, I mean, you well, know, I, my favorite driver into work, the NHL radio. They they talk about him a lot. They talk about him and Larson a lot. So, you know, yeah. some stand up stuff to be on that radio program, and um, you know, I've got him on my fantasy. Uh, it, it's good stuff. Well, Larson is, uh, you know, one of those guys too who had a bit of a resurrection coming here too, right? Because he was, yeah, you know, out in Edmonton, and you know, I mean, he was, um, maybe he's been bounced around. What, what was he? It was New was Jersey he, draft? Jersey, yeah, 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 it was yeah. New Jersey. It was a Taylor Hall, uh, yeah, uh, trade, right? And you know, you, I, I've talked to Edmonton fans that didn't that didn't like getting rid of him. They didn't want to. So I mean. You know, and it's not just the typical, like, you know, everybody hates losing a player, even if they're a fourth liner for character sakes or whatever, but they didn't want to lose him because he was a good defenseman, man. Yeah. And remember, they've always been light and D, always. I, well, I was kind of surprised, you know, that respect for them to lose him, right? Because, yeah. like, they... they well, they that. picked up Eckholm, and he's just lighting on fire with them now. It's yeah. like, oh, really? So you figured it out after 15 years of drafting guys and never trading down, you're finally going to get some D in there to do something, and now you're actually playing better than you ever have in the last whatever. So, yeah. But but here, Vince Dunn is almost at a point a game, right? I know. Yeah. So we got a, a scorer uh, as well. As really great. making yeah. case for a legit first first uh, or, you know top pair. Well, you get that's yeah. the thing is uh, you know guys getting a chance to play. Not everybody's going to shine. Some will disappoint you, but some of these guys, you know, McCann too. I mean, he was no big star or anything. And uh, I know if some people in Toronto were kind of happy to 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 get him from Pittsburgh and then you know lose them right for off a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the whole deal. That was Pittsburgh that's trying not to. Yeah, you know, but I know there's some people who really know the game. We're thinking, oh, that that's a pretty good pickup, but he's even even surpassed any expectations there, among other guys who we can go on and on about, and we will in the future. But we're going to wrap this episode up, guys. Yeah. Paul, thanks for joining us. Always great to see you yeah. and chat. Oh, with thank you, you Paulie. Yeah, absolutely, and thanks uh, much for all of you uh, for tuning in, uh, folks. Please keep in mind if you haven't already to join us on Facebook. Twitter. Our handle is at Cast Kraken. We're also on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our very own web- website. Very own website. Can I say that three times fast? Uh, 
That's uh, Seattle Kraken fancast.com. I think we're like, at the end here. I can't talk anymore, guys. Seattle Kraken fancast.com. All right. We'll also hope uh, we hope you'll consider supporting us also on our Patreon financial support platform. You can find more information for that at patreon.com slash Kraken fancast. We're very, very grateful to all of our supporters for all the help. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with more game discussion news and uh, and hopefully some other discussion with some other folks. I mean, we're going to be talking playoffs, maybe, hopefully. We'll see. It's going to be a very, very interesting uh, coming days here. So uh, anyway, again, thanks, Paul Brownlow, uh, for Jim Cockwell, our absent Nathan Gunderson, but he'll be back next time, and our producer, Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go, Kraken. Kraken. Kraken.